there, this is Erica, and you're listening to Mommy Needs to Eat Too, empowering bad bitches from all walks of life. Now, at the top of the show, I just want to let you know that I have a Patreon page if you're interested in some exclusive content, maybe some bonus episodes from time to time. And you will also be able to ask me a question every six months. Anything you want to know, just ask. And once I start having guests on the show, you will also be able to ask any question of one of my guests every six months. I also want to let you know that anytime I mention a product or service, it is not sponsored. I am not receiving any sort of benefit or payment for mentioning it. I only bring it up because it's something that I like. Now, without any further ado, let's get into today's episode. Oh my God, you guys. I am done breastfeeding. Cue the hallelujah chorus. (laughs) Okay, that's a little bit of an exaggeration. But I will say it is very um, freeing to not be breastfeeding anymore. Our little guy is just over 10 months. And I think it was the weekend before Thanksgiving, he just decided he was done. And I'm not mad about it. And honestly, he had only been nursing you know, once a day at that point. So it wasn't uh, too much of a stretch. And the, the two weeks prior, I had actually stopped pumping at work. So thankfully, I was able to um, wean him gradually so I didn't get mastitis again. I've had it uh, twice. Thrice. No, I've had it three times. The first time I had it was right after I gave birth to our daughter, who is now two and a half. Um, and I actually didn't even know that I had it at the time. I thought I had the flu in May. <laughs> For me, that's what it felt like. It, I was running a fever. I had body aches. I was exhausted, yada, yada. And so at my six-week appointment with my son, fortuitously that morning, I woke up with the beginnings of what I thought was mastitis and because I was feeling the body aches and everything and feeling a little feverish. So when I went to my appointment, she took a look and said, yep, let's get you started on an antibiotic. And then I had it again a couple of months back, which is very odd to develop mastitis like eight or nine months postpartum. At least I think that's, I would assume it's rare, but I'm not a doctor. Basically, we had gone on, we were on a trip to Tennessee and I didn't nurse him. I nursed him a little bit that morning and the whole car ride home, he just, he wanted to eat solid foods. And he did not want to nurse. So by the time we got home, I was miserable. I had a fever, body aches. I mean, I had red streaks all over my my chest. And it was just, it was bad. Anyhow, all that to say, I am glad to be done breastfeeding for right now. You know, don't get me wrong. It, I love it. It's It's a great way to bond with your baby. But it also comes with its challenges. You know, the mastitis is one thing. Um, you know, it's not always easy to just whip your tit out and feed your kid. But it also kind of is. I don't know. It's one of those things like I'm learning how to make bottles now. So that's, I mean, he's 10 months, so he's not going to be doing formula for a whole lot longer. But it's it's still something I have to learn. And it, it it's just so different for me. Like on one hand, it's like a lot less convenient because, you know, you have to take the time to heat up the water, mix in the formula, shake the bottle up, all that jazz. Find a clean bottle, first of all. That's a whole other thing. Whereas with breastfeeding, obviously, if you're nursing, you just 
whip it out and there it is no bottle needed <laughs> but in public god it's just so much easier to just go get a bottle ready and i don't have any shame about breastfeeding don't you know don't get me wrong i'm not ashamed of it i'm not sh- i don't feel shameful about it in any way but i don't want to make any my thing is i don't want to make anybody else uncomfortable and i know in our culture breasts are highly highly sexualized and therefore breastfeeding a lot of people have issues with it because it's like you're taking something that's sexualized and you're turning it into a a mom thing and a sexualized mom is just weird to our culture and that's a whole other tangent i could go off on you know that's just completely fucked up but that's not this podcast episode (laughs) anyhow i'm just glad that i can sit down and have a beer now and then it's not a whole like big ordeal (laughs) i don't have to (laughs) i don't have to think okay like let's wait two hours and make sure i don't feel like i'm intoxicated the next time i nurse but honestly drinking alcohol while you're breastfeeding is not I know there are a lot of myths surrounding it, the whole pump and dump. That's a myth. So I was in Florida for a weekend in August when my son was still really breastfeeding pretty much exclusively at that point. Well, not totally. He was eating some food, some solid foods. But I was still overproducing milk and I was pumping once or twice a day while we were that weekend while we were down there. And did I mention that? My son and my daughter stayed home with my husband. I don't know. I guess I'll hear it when I go go back in editing. God. Anyhow, I was I was in Florida, and the first oh my god, the first night it was for my sister in law's uh, bachelorette party. So the first night, you know, and you, if you don't know me, I'm like I'm usually not one to stay out late and drink a lot and go crazy. Like that's just not always. Once in a while, I'll get a wild hair at my ass and I'll be crazy pants. But for the most part, it's just not really my style to just get super drunk. But (laughs) uh, that night, the first night of her bachelorette party, I was definitely egging her on. And, you know, everybody else was ready to call it a night. And she and I were like, she wasn't totally ready, but everybody, we all knew like it was time to call it. But. I was like, no, let's keep going. And you know, anyhow, uh, needless to say, I was super intoxicated. And also, fun fact about me is that it doesn't take much to get me um, drunk, especially after not drinking for ten months plus with being pregnant, and then you know, only having a couple beers here and there while breastfeeding. So, anyhow, fun fact: they make these little test strips for your breast milk. If that's something that you're interested in, it is a thing. Basically, you can either express some milk straight onto the strip or you can pump or express some milk into a clean container and dip the strip in and it tests for alcohol. With this specific test strip that I was using, if the strip stays white, that means your milk is fine. There's no alcohol in there. However, when I've tested, when I had tested previously, you know, you get like a kind of a tannish color, uh, maybe some like brownish spots for the most part. But this night, the thing turned fucking black almost immediately. I mean, (laughs) it was just saturated with alcohol. So, yeah, that night, 
I did have to do some pumping and dumping. I just, I pumped and I just threw it all down the drain and was like, well, what are you going to do? Because like I said, I had an oversupply at that point. So it was just like, yeah, I know a lot of women are like screaming at me listening to this, but it's what I did. I was, again, I was super intoxicated. You know, I could have used it for like a milk bath or there are other things that, you know, you can use breast milk for. That's a, again, a whole other tangent. I'm not going to go down. I'm not super familiar with it, but <laughs> I just dumped all that liquid gold straight down the goddamn drain. But for the most part, I think there's a lot of ignorance sounds rude and it's not how I mean it to sound, but there's a lot of ignorance surrounding um, alcohol and breast milk. And basically, your body metabolizes alcohol in your breast milk the same way that it metabolizes alcohol in your blood. So it doesn't stay there, right? It eventually comes out. Because if it stayed there, like, we'd all be permanent drunks. (laughs) Think about that for a minute. So for the most part, the recommendation is, you know, one drink, you wait two hours before you're able to nurse or pump. You know, two drinks is four hours and so on, etc. But truly, you you know, you can feel it. And another thing is like the amount of alcohol that actually comes through in your breast milk is typically going to be very minuscule. Again, unless you are just partying and getting shammered like I did at my sister-in-law's bachelorette party. Like, obviously, that's a different story, (laughs) different situation. But, you know, if you're having like a a beer or a glass of wine, the amount of alcohol that goes into your breast milk is pretty minuscule. Not that I'm recommending that you go and drink and breastfeed. I'm not, I'm not a doctor. Like I'm just, from what I've read and the research that I've done, it's not as big a deal as a lot of people seem to make it out to be. So fun fact, according to the CDC, eight in 10 mothers begin breastfeeding their babies at birth. However, I mean, a lot of women stop and I'm using air quotes here, earlier than recommended. So I've heard six months, I've heard a year. And you know, here's the thing. It's whatever works for you and whatever works for your baby. I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to tell you what you should or should not do because I can't tell you what's right for you. I can't tell you what's right for your baby. I can't tell you what's right for your child. I'm, and again, I'm not here to judge. And honestly, that's a lot higher than what I thought because in my experience, I, I mean, I only know a handful of women who have breastfed their kids. My mom, I think she breastfed me for a few months. And I believe around that time, I was born in 87. The 90s and probably early, late, late 80s was when I, from what I've read, when formula really began to be pushed as actually better than breast milk because, you know, you can add these fillers in, you can customize, you know, if your kid has um, like a lactose intolerance, different things, you can customize a synthetic formula, but what's coming out of your boobies, you can't customize that, right? I will say I did give up dairy for quite quite some time um, when our little guy was uh, just a few months old because he was very colicky. And, you know, we tried a lot of different things. We actually had him on an acid reflux medication and that helped to some extent, but he was still just, and now the kid still screams, like he can scream like a motherfucking banshee. But I mean, I would try to nurse him and he would just not want to latch and he would scream and it was a whole big ordeal. And so I, I 
had done all kinds of research and I thought, okay, let's just try it. Let's just see. And I'll be damned if that kid didn't completely change within just a few weeks. But thankfully, I, thankfully, because your bitch loves her some cheese, I actually started gradually reintroducing dairy. I hope you can't hear my dog snoring. Um, I started gradually reintroducing dairy into my diet and uh, was full on regular eating dairy whenever he was probably seven or eight months. So good news on that front. Anyhow, I digress and I went off on quite a tangent there. But uh, my mom, I think, breastfed me for a few months. And, you know, I was very small. I was very small. And I think she was concerned that I wasn't getting enough milk and so then switch to formula and again there's no shame in that i want to reiterate there is absolutely no fucking shame if you don't want to breastfeed your kid at all again no shame none at all like you do whatever is best for you whatever is best for your baby because everybody always says natural is better well you know what not always it's that's not true and fuck what everybody else says truth be told i actually had never wanted to breastfeed at all. I thought it was weird and just, you know, it seemed actually unnatural to me. However, things obviously changed. And what really changed my, this is, this just speaks to how um, vain I once was. What changed my mind, uh, one of my coworkers at the time said, well, it'll help you lose weight faster. And that's when I began to like rethink things. <laughs> God. Oh, to be so young and vain again. And I mean, really, that was only a few years ago. It's not like it was a decade ago. I just feel like these kids have literally aged me 10 years and, you know, two and a half. So as I do, I started doing some research and talking to women who had breastfed. And again, few and far between in my personal experience. And maybe that's just my limited experience. Just the more I read about it and the more I talked to other women, it just sounded like a good idea. Fun fact, breastfeeding doesn't always help you lose weight. Like in theory, it should because it, you are burning so many fucking calories by not only by the actual act of breastfeeding your child, but the, the act or the, the actual creation of the milk within your body. You burn so many fucking calories. I mean, I had to have been burning five to six hundred calories a day just from breastfeeding, at least. Probably more than that, honestly. But evidently, there are some women who whose bodies hold on to extra fat while breastfeeding. And it seems that I am one of those lucky, lucky ladies. <sighs> I just can't catch a break. <laughs> but that's all right. And again, I just I want to say whatever route you choose if you are if if you have children no judgment from me and don't let anybody else influence you because here's the thing breastfeeding is difficult it is not easy it doesn't always come naturally and that's okay and again it it's not always right for you it's not always right for your baby i mean you have babies who have lip ties and tongue ties who literally cannot get a good latch on a nipple. And so, you know, you don't want your baby to starve. <laughs> like, so give that baby some fucking formula. There's no shame whatsoever. None. And to be honest, you know, with the first kid for me, it was it was hard for me whenever we introduced formula to her. 
because I think it was probably six or eight months whenever we introduced formula. And it was, you know, when she was really starting to pick up on eating solids. And so my, my supply dropped as it does naturally. And I was just so worried. And I was so upset that we had to introduce formula into her diet. And with this kid, I was like, hey, let's let's start some formula. <laughs> like, I'm, d- I'm so done. I'm done breastfeeding. Can we like start weaning him off? And God, I had, I know there are women out here, out there listening who are going to hate me, but I had way, way too much with this guy, like way oversupply with our son. So it was, it was very difficult to start that weaning process because if you do it too quickly, you're going to, you're going to get clogged and plugged milk ducts. And then that leads to mastitis and it, it's just not fun. It's literally like you have the flu. And even if it doesn't lead to mastitis, clogged milk ducts are painful. They hurt. So I feel very fortunate that weaning our son went as well as it did because I honestly thought it was going to be a nightmare. And in that time, when we started introducing formula, I really considered selling <laughs> my breast milk. I thought about donating donating it. And then I thought, well, why not sell it? And I, I feel bad like selling it to women who have issues with production or, you know, whatever the case might be, and they want someone else's breast milk. But I also want to make money. So I was like kind of doing some research. And apparently there are people out there for many reasons, but one of the most common reasons I found is that there are like specifically fitness experts and bodybuilders who will buy breast milk from women because it's such a very nutritious low caloric intake. It's a very, very efficient form of fuel for your body. And I mean, I, you know, to each his own. I wasn't going to judge, but it would just seem like too much work. (laughs) And again, I was over pumping and breastfeeding in general. So too much work to keep it up in my personal opinion. And God, pumping. It's like a love-hate relationship with your breast pump. Because on one hand, you hate it because it's just annoying. It's a pain in the ass. It takes time out of your day. I would always take my computer into the wellness room whenever I would pump at work. And then, you know, so I'm still doing work while I'm pumping, but it's still, it's the fact that I had to do that. Then you have to, you know, get the milk um, into containers or bags or whatever for storage, put it in the freezer or in the, in the refrigerator or keep ice packs on it. It's just a whole big ordeal. But on the other hand, it's like whenever you are so engorged, that moment of release is just like, oh, it's such a relief because you're, it's just a very uncomfortable feeling to have all that milk. So last week I mentioned uh, one of my favorite podcasts, and that is My Favorite Murder. First of all, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go take a quick listen. It's, it's a pretty short one because it was the week of Thanksgiving. I didn't want to do anything too involved. Um, Secondly, if you have not checked out My Favorite Murder, go do it. Those gals are amazing, and I absolutely adore them. But one of my other favorite podcasts that I started listening to several months back is That's Messed Up, an SVU podcast. And basically, every week, these two comedians, Lisa Traeger and Kara Clank, dissect an episode of Law and Order SVU. They tell you the true crime that the episode was based on, 
the third segment, they have a guest from the episode, whether it be an actor or actress, a producer, you know, someone that was involved in the creation of the episode. And then they do a postmortem, which is, you know, what did we learn from this episode? And then finally, they do um, the Sister Peg segment, which if you watch, if you've watched SVU, you know, Sister Peg was the gal who was always out on the streets um, helping the sex workers and providing resources for them to have clean needles, um, condoms, you know, providing them with resources to help keep them safe, healthy, and protected as possible. So anyway, if if you like Law & Order SVU, and let's be real, who the hell doesn't, go take a listen to them. Again, it's called That's Messed Up. At the, at the top of the episode, they do some kind of like chit-chat, and this week, Kara mentioned that she has stopped pumping. And I'm like, how coincidental that I just stopped. So um, I thought that was that was pretty cool. You know, she was saying in kind of what I've been saying, breastfeeding is not always the answer for you and your baby. And her mom is actually a pediatrician or was a pediatrician. And she has said from the get go that breastfeeding is not always right and she's a fucking doctor so obviously what she what she has to say has some clout so I just thought it was really really cool that she said she was talking about breastfeeding and that it's not always the right thing for you and your baby and I was literally in my car driving down the street clapping my hands going yes and had tears in my eyes so (laughs) it was it was a fun moment for me so again, go take a listen to them. They're they're awesome as well. So that brings us into this week's Treat Yourself segment. Now, this week, I want you to tell yourself it's okay. Take a deep breath in, two, three, four, five. Hold it at the top, two, three. Now exhale, two, three, four, and five. It is okay. You don't have to be perfect. Have some grace on yourself. And this is something that I'm, I'm teaching myself. I believe I mentioned in a prior episode that I have a tendency toward per- achieving perfection. And that's not realistic. So this week, whenever you're having that moment and everything is crashing in on you and you don't know how you're going to get this done or, you know, whatever the case might be, just take that deep breath and say, it's okay, because it's going to be okay. You wouldn't expect this out of anyone else, this, this high level of perfection. So why do you put these standards on yourself? It's not fair. Flip the tables on yourself and imagine that you were talking to your friend or your mom or your spouse or your significant other the way that you are talking to yourself. So this week, just treat yourself with the same, see what I did there? Treat yourself with the same respect and Bestow the same grace upon yourself that you do with others, with those that are close to you. 
even those that aren't close to you, hell, most of the time we're nicer to strangers than we are to our own selves. So just remember, it's okay. You don't have to be perfect. And fuck, perfect is boring. Let's be real. Messy is fun. (laughs) And don't forget that your dreams, your desires, your wants still fucking matter. And more importantly, your needs fucking matter. Don't forget to fucking take care of yourself. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to Mommy Needs to Eat Too. Now, if you can do me one big favor, I would so appreciate it if you would go on Podchaser, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts, and leave me a rating and a review. That is going to help other people find me and spread the message that your needs, your dreams, your desires, your wants all still fucking matter. And while you're at it, if you are interested in some extra content, check out the Instagram page, Mommy Needs to Eat Too. That's Mommy Needs, the number two, E-A-T-T-O-O. All right, folks. Thanks so much. We'll check in again next week. Love you all. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.